Here's a news flash. Surprise, surprise. Well, look at you. The whole world is watching for my next move. Oh, my God. Times have changed. There are no rules. You're going to love it. Hello and welcome to Skip Intro, the podcast from Binge, all about the world's best television. Each week we're here to discuss the biggest new shows on Binge, along with our dinner party recommendations. My name is John Boehm, here with Ali Herbert Burns, and together we look after all the great TV and movies that you see on Binge. Ali, this week we are getting a little bit sporty. Oh, I hadn't realised the connection, but that we are. We have a, a new docuseries from America, which coinciding with the Women's World Cup, which has just kicked off. It's the story of Angel City, which is one of the American women's soccer or football teams. So we follow that along over three episodes. And then we've got 15 Love. We're straight off the back of Wimbledon before the US Open. We're still in tennis mode and we've got a new UK drama. Cool. Well, let's head to the courts for 15 Love. I want to report something that happened five years ago. What's all this stuff you've been saying about Glenn? That's all true. This is insane. I was her coach. That's all there was to it. How could you destroy all of those good memories? Who initiated it? He did. All it takes is one person to believe her. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Aidan Turner stars as a tennis coach accused of sexual assault in the new UK drama 15 Love. From the producers of Line of Duty and Vigil, this compelling six-part series, while a work of fiction, draws on many real-world parallels of coaches and young athletes caught up in scandal. Ali, like I said, this is from World Productions, who made Line of Duty and Vigil and a bunch of great recent UK series. And this is kind of like a different world for them, elite tennis and sexual assault. It's really an interesting series. It is, John, isn't it? Well, there's no submarine to start with. We have seen a few cops in the first episode, so I assume there will be some kind of unfolding crime element to this. Gosh, it built over the first episode, didn't it? Like for me, by the end of the first episode, it was really hooky because you were really unclear of is this real or is it made up, like in terms of the charge and the crime. So yeah, Aidan Turner plays a really twisty character in terms of you trying to work out whether he's good or bad or very manipulative. And I think we're going to have a number of twists and turns on this. So yeah, I, even over the first episode, I, I kind of had changed my mind two or three times. So they've got me in in that regard. The premise is, to, not to oversimplify it, you know, he said, she said sort of scenario that we've seen play out on TV and real life many, many times. The young woman tennis player, Justine, who's played brilliantly, and uh, apologies, I'd, I'd not seen her in anything else, but this seems like it might be a breakout role for Ella Lily Highland, brilliantly portrays this young sort of tennis prodigy who has an accident a few years later has kind of had to give up her tennis dreams, but with time has decided to sort of come forward about this assault that she claims happened while she was being coached and playing at the French Open and all these things. And then you're kind of going back and forth in time from her recollection of events, his recollection of events, and the sort of friends and family that were also in that obviously very high stakes world. But it's certainly not clear, at least from the first episode, if it was you know, him sort of having to push off her advances or him taking advantage of the sort of position of power he had over her. So yeah, it's very ambiguous, at least to start with. I feel like there's going to be a bit more of a sense of haves and haves not and a bit of class hierarchy as well, because she was, you know, from a working class background, trying to make it big in the tennis world was kind of everything that the family put in behind her. And she's now working in a quite formal uppity 
kind of English tennis club, you know, yeah. it feels very clubby and a bit closed. And yeah, I feel like we're up for a few twists. Yeah, but while she's kind of stayed in the tennis world, it's certainly, you know, she was literally the, like, poster girl for the French Open. It's certainly not the career path she thought she would have. And then sort of five years later for this coach to re-enter her life has obviously sparked a lot of things. She's young and restless and still trying to figure out her life and maybe, you know, dating and all that. And then he kind of comes back into it and blows up this life that she'd maybe built for herself in her mind. Which didn't um, seem super fragile. Like, she seems to be, like, leaning into the edges and, you you know, it's not being out of control, but, you know, you're seeing where she's making choices and maybe not being completely, totally functional. It's a very interesting subject and also in this very interesting world of elite tennis, which in its own world has its weird little structures and cliques and things. So, yeah, it's a fascinating world for, for drama. And, yeah, like we said, we've only seen the first episode. It's dropping weekly in line with the, the UK broadcast. But yeah, amazing performances on screen. Aiden Turner, if you might know, not know him, you definitely recognize his very handsome face from Paul Dark and a, and a couple of other things. But yeah, the supporting cast is also great. And, and like I said, Ella Lily Highland, who plays the sort of tennis prodigy, is embodying a lot of things in this sort of very complicated character. So I'm really excited to see her ongoing performance. But yeah, no spoilers because we don't know where it's going, but one episode's out now and new episodes of 15 Love are available on Binge each Sunday with the finale streaming August 27th. And they go up late Sunday evening, so maybe plan to watch them on Monday. Yeah, it can be your new little Monday habit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we kind of have to wait for that, but yeah, late night TX. So anyway, have a look, have a watch. I liked that, to your point, that you've just got an interesting drama set in a different world and, you know, it's winter here in Australia, we're sitting on the couch in the middle of winter and you're seeing great shots from sunny skies and clay courts and, and then you're in England in this you know, very lovely country, genteel estate. So quite escapist in that regard as well and timely. Well, should we head from clay courts to football pitches? Grassy meadows, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what any of these things are called. Okay, Angel City. I never imagined that I'd be a co-owner, co-founder of a professional soccer team. Once you sort of open yourself up to new adventures, they can lead you to a place like this. Angel City Football Group in Los Angeles is backed by the largest female ownership group in professional sports. A lot of big names, players, actresses. Can they pull it off? The new HBO docuseries Angel City follows the creation of the Natalie Portman-backed Angel City Football Club as they join the National Women's Soccer League. With celebrity investors and ambitions to change the economics of professional sport, this three-part series is an inspiring and timely watch. Ali, you might not know this about me, but I don't know a lot about sport. Um, <laughs> I know you're from Canberra and you're the only person I know from Canberra that doesn't you know, follow the Canberra Raiders. Raiders? Yeah. <laughs> I know that exists, but the point I wanted to make was I was so quickly in on this series. If you find football and soccer and professional sports and everything interesting, like I'm sure you will find this fascinating. But at the same time, I was watching this thinking this could be a documentary about launching a startup or about someone running for president or like any number of things because it is this like diverse group of ambitious highly successful people who have like access to money and investors doing something really difficult which in this case is launching a new national women's soccer team and coming up against all the stuff that comes 
with that. And then it intersects with celebrity because obviously Natalie Portman's kind of the face of it and she's brought in a lot of investors. But yeah, I just thought this was fascinating even to, even as someone who wasn't particularly interested in the sport aspect. Yeah. So we kind of put the sport to one side because there's some interesting stuff that this documentary follows that I wouldn't mind talking about. But if we just put that to one side, I think the collection of people that are behind this business, as you say, because it is a business, it's a really interesting go at launching something that might have the odds against you. There's a bit of fish out of water because there's some people that have got into something that they maybe don't know anything about. You've got you know expertise, subject matter expertise in terms of people that are from this world and understand soccer and are coming in with a very strong mission of what they're trying to achieve. And it's coming together for a really interesting take on teamwork and structuring a goal and working towards it. So we've got three episodes in this series and there's three one hours. So it's effectively three hours insight into this team. LA hadn't had a a, a women's soccer team for over a decade. I think the previous one had folded in 2010. You're stepping in and creating demand, but also kind of filling a void that's been there. They haven't had a, a team in the American women's competition. So it's called an expansion league, isn't it? Which if if I've watched enough Ted Lasso or yeah. <laughs> the Wexham Docker on, on Disney, whatever it is, you've you've got to kind of get to a certain level to and then kind of qualify for the main league, don't you? So yeah. it's it's really it's like startups trying to make the big league. There is some really interesting characters that you're following, but whilst you don't need to understand soccer, it's really interesting to kind of go on the journey of what happens in the highs and lows of doing something ambitious and taking a swing. Yeah. And they they attract obviously really great talent because they do have this great ambition. So they've attracted like coaches from overseas and Olympic level players and World Cup players. And interestingly, even then all bringing them together then presents its own challenges. Because if you bring together a bunch of really talented people trying to start something new from scratch, like it doesn't mean they're all going to gel on day one. It doesn't mean everything's going to go perfectly. They even struggle to find somewhere just to like practice. Like it's, yeah, it's just fascinating. I think what I found really interesting at one point, someone asks if it's going to be a nonprofit because the kind of assumption is, oh, like, you know, women's sport, you're not going to make any money. Is this kind of like a nonprofit charitable thing? And they're like, no, we want to make money. We want revenue to flow. We want to pay our players well. We want to get broadcast. It's just really interesting, the mindset and the ambition and goal they have for this is really sort of inspiring. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because the mix of people that have come into it maybe haven't come from female sport and are coming in maybe a bit blindly thinking, well, why wouldn't this Why, be why not? Why can't? Yeah. There's an audience here. Some of them, there's a lot of them that are from the world of Hollywood and movies and things. You mentioned Natalie Portman, of course, but you've also got Eva Langoria and just because it's Barbie week, uh, America. America Ferrera. <laughs> which was yeah. like, this is awesome. As well as a lot of behind the scenes business people in, in, in Hollywood. So you kind of like the audience is here, the demands here. Why wouldn't the money be here? The skills yeah. here. And then you really see the reality um, of that coming up against women's sport. So how interesting this week to see the ratings that we've seen, you know, nearly cumulative audiences, nearly 2 million people watching some of the first games in the World Cup. So I think this is, yeah, it's really timely. It is kind of follow a charts and from kind of the formation in 2020, 2021 to, you know, their first season, doesn't it? So it's also, you, you do get some immediate payback in terms of understanding where they, where they get to and how it goes. So I'm so proud to have this on the platform. I think it's a, a really, really good watch. And I think for anyone that is a fan of women's football, you'll really get into this and it'd be great, a companion piece to go with all of your World Cup love. But like you said, if women's soccer or soccer or sport generally isn't your thing, I think you're still really going to find this interesting and it's great access you really see what they're thinking some great 
interviews with Natalie Portman and some of the owners. So um Yeah, they're very candid. It's it's not overly polished. You're really in the room with them while they're making these decisions and having these struggles. And yeah, I just I, I love this fly on the wall, great access stuff. So yeah, it's very exciting to have on. And yeah, like you said, perfect timing with everything else that is happening. So all episodes of Angel City are streaming for you right now on Binge. We believe that for women's sports to grow, we have to fill that stadium. We are in the chance to make history as an expansion team. Angel City, spread your wings! We're going to win, we're going to lose, we're going to have difficult moments. We're going to elevate the sport and show how valuable it truly is. There's no playbook. We have to write our own. John, we've just touched on something else that's happening in the TV world, well, outside of our wonderful scripted beautiful dramas and movies that we love talking about in the broader television world we've just talked about the fact that the world cup is on which is super cool and happening in australia new zealand but the other thing that kind of happened over the last week which took over the town is two little movies coming out barbie and oppenheimer yeah if if i wasn't having corridor conversations with people about the world cup the first thing everyone asked on monday was did you go to the movies on the weekend because it seems like some records were broken in australia and around the world lots of yeah so the biggest opening weekend in the history of cinema for a comedy directed by a woman just for a comedy full stop but let alone directed by a woman so i think that's just exceptional but to have I think one of the things that we track is, you know, how something goes in its first weekend. As a rough rule of thumb, America is sometimes kind of half the box office value than the rest of the world gets added. But if you take the, the opening weekend and normally times it by kind of two and a half or three, you get your global box office result. Normally when a movie is really big, it takes, it gobbles up the audience, you know, it kind of dominates and everyone's going to that one film. But what was really interesting over the weekend is it's the first time you had a U.S weekend with an opening over 100 million which barbie i think got about 150 160 million us for its opening but oppenheimer was over 50 million and that's never happened before so to have two big movies both doing huge numbers at the same time was really what was very unique about this weekend but this is not a podcast about the economics of the movie business (laughs) i just thought it was too good an opportunity to talk about what we're doing to get in on the fun. So, John, what what is your dinner party recommendation this week? Those kind of hidden or not so hidden gems. Yes. This week. So we've spoken about this a number of times, I think, but things that are happening in the real world really do impact viewing on platforms like Binge, whether it's the World Cup or whether it's a coronation or a news event or any number of things. And it, like we said, Barbenheimer has been inescapable. And even though we don't yet have... <laughs> the new Barbie movie or the new Oppenheimer film. We do we have will some, get them. But we, will, yeah. we will get them. We do have a lot of related content, which we have seen do some really big spikes in viewing. And the one that I was going to recommend, because I love a docker, obviously, we've got a brand new documentary from the US called To End All War, Oppenheimer and the Atomic Bomb. So this was produced this year, only came out this month in the US. We've had it up on binge for a couple of weeks, but viewing has basically every day been growing and growing up until the release of the film. And it 
it is this excellent one-off feature documentary. It's made by NBC News in the US, so it's got a sort of great journalistic bent. Either watch it before or after the, you, you, go, you go and see the film to you know, maybe fill in some of the factual gaps you, you might not know. But yeah, it's basically the, the Oppenheimer story. It's got fantastic access to really great speakers, including Christopher Nolan, who obviously has invested a lot of his life into this story now in making the film. So you get to hear from Christopher Nolan. You also hear from Oppenheimer's grandson, Charles Oppenheimer, who obviously lived in the shadow and the, I guess, the legacy of his grandfather. Also, I know in the world of books, American Prometheus, which Oppenheimer is based on, has sort of shot up the charts as well, because that's what the movie's based on, that text. One of the co-authors of that book is also interviewed in this. So yeah, top tier Oppenheimer experts and talents talking about Oppenheimer, talking about his legacy and impact on the world. And also really poignantly, they talk to some of the survivors of the Hiroshima bombing. So yeah, it's a it's a really moving documentary. I like a lot of people only sort of had quite a Wikipedia surface level knowledge of especially Oppenheimer the man, but yeah, it's definitely worth a watch cuz yeah, there's a lot of lessons that we can take out of it. And yeah, like I said, watch it either before or after the film and I think you really benefit. Well, yeah, it was clear on the weekend John wasn't it well, from when 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 the cinemas opened with the film that people were literally coming in and then watching this because they just skyrocketed over the weekend. Yeah. But yeah, very very compelling watch and a great dinner party recommendation. Well, what about you, Ali? What what are you talking I feel about? Like, are we being a bit stereotypical? You get to talk about the doco, you know, clever, wise John, and then you yeah. know, frivolous, silly Ali comes in and talks about Barbie. But is that what we're going to do? Because, you're um, going to talk about? Are you, you going to talk about Barbie, or are you going to talk about Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig? Well, exactly. I'm going broader. I mean, I was lucky enough to be at the premiere of Barbie in Sydney last week, and I can't remember the last time I came out of a film. There were three cinemas in a row all showing it at the same time, and just as people, you know, thousands of people spilling out, just the buzz, it just, you could kind of instantly, I'm not at all surprised what's happened this week, and the way this has just exploded, it was fun to be in a cinema where it was almost like a musical on the way out in terms of people's energy. But what is that relevant to a dinner party recommendation? We have a couple of things I want to talk about. On Binge, we have the Binge Centres, which is our way of putting together content either around an actor or a director or creative or a theme. And I just wanted to call out that we do have a Christopher Nolan collection in the Binge Centre, which has got seven of his most exceptional films or amongst seven of his best films, including the Batman trilogy, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, but also Dunkirk, Interstellar, Tenant, Inception. So if you are a Christopher Nolan fan, which clearly the box office tells us there are many of you out there, and the queue outside my cinema on Saturday night will attest, check out his other, other work. It's great to have the full collection of the Batmans there as well. But that we won't leave it there because we've also got, if you, if you go into the search bar on Binge, and search for Greta Gerwig, you'll also find a collection of her work, her last two films before Barbie in Little Women and Lady Bird. We've also got Frances Ha, where she is acting in that um, and, and appears in that. And in one last crossover for our own Barbenheimer, Florence Pugh, who of course plays quite a big role in Oppenheimer, is also in Little Women. So all these clever creatives and also, we were just talking about America Ferreira and Angel City. And of course, she's also got a starring role in Barbie. There's plenty for you to get stuck in there. And of course, what have we got with Margot Robbie? We've got Birds of Prey. We've got Focus. We've got Mary, Queen of Scots. Yeah. We don't have any of her early Home and Away, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> Amazing. So yeah. look, if, if you're like lots of people in Australia that are coming back from these wonderful big film moments and you just want more, yeah, we've got you covered. Awesome.
Well, this week on Skip Intro, we discussed 15 Love, we talked about Angel City, and then we just couldn't avoid Barbenheimer and recommended some documentaries and some films for you to check out either before or after you head to the cinemas. All of these are streaming for you right now on Binge, which of course you can find on your favourite device. I'm John Bowen, joined every week by Ali Herbert Burns. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast was produced by Dan Barrett with audio editing and mixing by Chris Yates. And we'll be back next week with more Skip Intro.